You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Billy Martinez joining us in the studio. Welcome, Billy. Oh, thank you, Jason. How are you today? Oh, fantastic day. It's a beautiful day, Hobart. I've got to ask you a question, Billy. Um, many people who are called Bill or Billy, uh, their, their actual name is William. Is your name William or is it Billy? No, my name is actual Billy. Um, my mum wanted to call me Billy because of Billy Graham. So Very good. The, the great preacher Billy Graham. Yeah. Awesome. Well, he's not a bad man to be named after, eh? <laughs> <laughs> he did uh, many good things. Um, Billy, we continue our series today called Connecting the Dots, and this program is really about life, faith, and uh, how it all links together. And I've, I've asked you to come in and share a bit about your journey today and uh, how uh, you have come to 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 know God and uh, what you do, I guess. And just to start us off before we actually get into the main discussion, um, you're in Tassie here. We've, this program's called Tassie Encounters, and uh, you're in Tassie. Uh, tell us a bit about how how long have you been here and, and what do you do down here? Look, uh, I just arrived in early, well late January. But really, I didn't get into anything until early February. And in Tasmania, to look after our church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Margate, and also looking after the chaplaincy for Hillier Adventist School. Mm, so you enjoy the chaplaincy work? I enjoy both. Yeah. Uh, different, complete different challenges. Yeah. Um, especially the chaplaincy has been a lovely learning curve, and it just Creating this connection with the young people in Hilliard has been amazing. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, the uh, last couple of weeks we've had Natalie Moore sharing some um, Bible study on the Book of Haggai, and uh, so we've just covered those last uh, chapter one and two of of that book. And uh, I just want to remind our listeners, you can go back and have a listen to any of our past episodes that we produce on Tassie Encounters. And in fact, uh, many programs that Faith FM broadcast can also be found on the Faith FM app. That's the Faith FM Australia. You can download it from your app store, uh, whether you've got an Android or a Google phone or a an Apple phone, you can get the Faith FM Australia app. And you can also listen on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. Um, also, today, this is actually a pre-recorded program, but nevertheless, we still love you to interact with us. We still love you to text in. We do have a free offer coming up later in the program, and the number to write down so that you can connect with us is called is 0488 That's our Tassie Encounters show number, 0488 Write that down. And uh, do take advantage of our offer that's coming up later in the program. And perhaps uh, you can text us in uh, answers to questions that we might have, or perhaps you've got some questions we'd love to hear from you today. Even though it's a recorded program, we still monitor all the communication that comes in on that number, and I promise you we will respond. So um, we'd love to hear from you today. Billy, um, I can tell that your accent is not homegrown Australian. 
I, I believe that uh, you have been known as Billy from Chile. That's the one, Billy from Chile. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, or your, not upbringing, but your home uh, country and uh, how you grew up there and your family life over there. Look, uh, I will call my home country Australia now. I've been here longer than what I've been in Chile, actually. But uh, So your birth country then? My Were birth country Chile? is Chile. Yeah. Uh, I'm from Chile and the accent will never leave me. Uh, look, um, I was born in Santiago, the capital city of Chile. Um, my family is a Christian family, um, Adventist family. My Actually, my... On the side of my mother, my grand great grandparents were the pioneers of the Adventism in Chile. So okay. they were the very very first to arrive to Chile uh, as Adventist. And uh, my dad and his mom grew up as Catholic. My granddad on the side of my dad passed away when he was very young. So she pretty much raised him Catholic. But as they got to the teenage years, he met um, the family of my mum, uh, the brothers they used to hang out together, and they became Adventists. So, yeah, it's a lovely story. And, yeah, I grew up uh, in a lovely Christian family home, I will say. Now, tell us a little bit about your father and his involvement with the church. Look, my dad uh, was very much... Uh, involved very much in the education part of the church, of the Adventist education in Chile. He was, a po- upon a time, school principal, then when education uh, for the different parts of Chile, he became an education director, what we call in the Adventist circles, the conference. Mm-hmm. Then he moved to be a dean of the university in Chile, and then after that he became the director of education for the union, which is the Hall of Chile. So... Um, yeah, very much involved in church. And they used to call him Pastor Martinez, but he was never a pastor. So, so he wasn't trained as a pastor, no. but he did many things in the church. Yes, many, many, many things in the church, but uh, he was an educator at heart, and yeah, he always loved education. I, I don't think he has ever been a day without uh, for him learning more and reading more. Yeah. And were there any expectations on you, you know, being the son of somebody who was heavily involved? Well, yeah, there was lots of expectations. There was uh, expectations to be a pastor, to be a preacher since a very young age. Mm -hmm. In fact, when we were in the university, um, there was a group of us uh, that actually got taught taught to be young preachers. What it meant, uh, we had to be under the age of 14, higher than 10, and we actually got taught how to prepare a sermon, how to deliver a sermon, and we will go to remote areas in Chile and do evangelistic campaigns. So That's amazing at that age. When you shared that with me first, I, I imagined, you know, maybe young adult, 18, 20-year-old or so, but you're saying 10 to 14, that's incredible. Man, no, it was uh, really, really good. And it was a lot of my closest friends that I that were my closest friends at the time, they became my closest friends because of the journey that we took together, the journey with God, the journey learning about the Bible. And we, you know, as young kids, you just discover more and more so much, yeah. especially when you were preparing a sermon and things like that. So you, there was some expectation of you of becoming a pastor. Yeah. Um, did you have other plans for yourself? 
well, as a, <laughs> well, as a young man, uh, you know, I started to become probably, we'll say, 15, 14, 15 years old or whatever. I all of a sudden is like, no, I want, I know what I want. I don't want any of this church stuff. I want to become a pilot. I want to become a jet pilot and go and fight on a fighter pilot. Like in the Air Force? In the Air Force, wow. that's it. And I got in. Really? I actually got in. I did you I, ever fly a plane? No, uh. when I got in, I went for the first week, and after the first, I think the second day or something like that, I chicken out because I actually dawned on me that I had to drop bombs into people. Mm. When we start talking about it, it's like, would I be able to just drop a bomb mm. without anybody, without questioning mm. the reason why we're doing it? Mm. And then I was like, oh. No, I don't think I will be able to do that. It so. must be a hard thing for people who uh, are in the military, army, or air force. Exactly, yeah. is mm. you know, it is uh, it is a vocation, and I admire those people. But I, as I said, I chicken out. I don't think I had the courage to put uh, to go through it. Mm. So, mm. yeah. And then uh, later in life, um, you did something a bit different. You were going yeah. to uni. Yeah. Well, before that. Uh, before we came to Australia, I was kind of going to law or psychology. I was ready to go because uh, the previous year I had gone away from that and I had been accepted and then we ended up here in Australia. <laughs> and that's for another day, another crazy story. And But, you know, in here in Australia, I couldn't speak much English. So mm. those uh, things, because I couldn't speak a word of English, in fact. So I learned uh, English very quickly. And after around about nine months, I got accepted in, to go to university. And I looked what would, would be the best thing for me with the knowledge that I have. And that was computers. So I went into Curtin University. I got accepted in two different universities. It was one in Melbourne. I can't remember where it was in Melbourne. And the other one was in Perth, in Curtin University. And my brother had just got a job in Perth. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go and check Perth out. So we moved down there, and yeah, I study computers and engineering, the same as electronic engineering was the same thing. Mm. Yeah, which uh, I relate to because I also studied electronic engineering. Yeah, and, we were uh, discussing slightly that. slightly different, but um, on very similar. Well, yeah. you know, I study, but I never finished it off. I had six months to finish it off, and I had no passion for it. Right. Uh, the knowledge was awesome, like mm. dealing with computers. I learned to write code. It was awesome life skills that I still use every day but I will say I just I had no heart for it yeah so I decided to give it the kick even though it was six months to go and I went and study psychology and commerce so yeah. and that was something that you were originally interested in before oh no law law, law, law or, or psychology, psychology. Yeah, okay, so a, it did come back to you it did come back yeah. to me but I knew that my my language was never going to be good enough to study law yeah. like because okay. you have to read a lot and you have to be very precise with what you're writing and, and if, you, if you're representing people in a court you've got to be very persuasive exactly and <laughs> all that sort of stuff i think yeah. it was the best thing well it's time for us to go to a break but uh, we've got a question for you we'd love to hear from you today did you grow up in a christian home or a church environment and if so did you value or what did you value from that experience um, perhaps if you didn't grow up in a Christian home but you are now a believer, um, 
perhaps uh, share something about your upbringing. We'd love to hear from you today. Um, this is a recorded program, so we can't share that live on air, but we'd still love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488880891. This is Love is a Good Thing by Andrew Peterson. Down and dragged me out and left me there for dead. It took all the freedom I wanted, gave me something else instead. Blew my mind, it bled me dry and hit me like a long goodbye. Nobody here knows better than I that it's a good thing. Love is a good thing. It'll fall like rain on your parade. Laugh at the plans that you try to make Wear you down till your heart just breaks And it's a good thing Love is a good thing It'll wake you up in the middle of the night It'll take just a little too much Burn you like a cinder till you're tender to the touch It'll chase you down and swallow you whole It'll make your blood run hot and cold like a thief in the night It'll steal your soul and that's a good thing Love is a good thing Follow you down to the ruins of the great divide Open the wounds that you try to hide There in the rubble of the heart that died you'll find a good Love is a good thing Oh, love is a good thing Ooh, take cover Ooh, the end is near Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Billy Martinez and uh, we're talking about um, Billy's life and how we came to I guess ultimately come down to be here in Tasmania and what he's up to but uh, there's a bit to cover on the way and we're going to be talking <laughs> a bit more about that but before the break um, we did ask you a question did you grow up in a Christian home or a church environment and uh, what do you value from your upbringing uh, even if you didn't grow up in a Christian home or a church environment, what do you value from your upbringing? Share us, uh, text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd love to hear from you today. 
Now, um, in Chile, um, Billy, <laughs> in Chile, Billy, um, you had some experiences in your younger years. You, you shared earlier that you were sent on this mission, yeah, which is amazing. I, I'm I'm amazed at that that uh, story that they were getting people so young out there preaching and running programs and things. That's that's incredible. But uh, there's some other things that you shared with me, uh, and especially experience out in the desert. Tell us about that. Look, when I was a young boy, probably will be 19 years old, um, I got the opportunity to go, because my dad used to travel a lot for doing things, and I got the opportunity to go with him as he was doing a campaign with another, uh, well, with another two pastors. So it was him plus another um, with two pastors and um, they were all had their own little specialities so there was this pastor that was amazing at um, getting to know people mm-hmm. there was another one that his Bible knowledge was amazing as well mm-hmm. and then my dad was the educator so he will help people to uh, get closer to God by uh, studying the Bible very deeply or whatever mm-hmm. and um they did this um, campaign reaching out people, and they got 300 people that were going to be baptized at the that, end of a week. That's amazing. And yeah. um, they baptized these people in a, in the Rio Loa Loa. But So for those listeners that are from uh, Chile, this is in the Atacama Desert near uh, Calama, uh, a city that is a mining city. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what happened is um, you used to get very, it gets really cold at night time. Yeah. And I remember the one thing that I remember, you will turn on a tap. And if it was too early in the morning, It'd you will frozen. not get any water because yeah. <laughs> it's frozen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, there was this river that went across the most arid desert of, of Atacama. And this is the only place where people could get baptized. So, where we will submerge them, merge them underwater and then come back up. And they were baptizing about five people at the same time. And it happens to be at the final baptism when everybody gets uh, put on the water, then mm-hmm. they get risen. This massive rainbow comes in the sky. Now, I'm from the south of Chile. I'm used to rainbows and it was just beautiful. Everybody was commenting about it. But not until a couple of days later, there was an article in the local newspaper saying there is this rainbow in the middle of the desert. It's actually, it has never happened before. People only knew in that area a rainbow by looking at the end of a hose or something like that, you know, when you get a little rainbow on your hose. But now there was this rainbow in the desert in a place that they have never seen a rainbow before. Mm. And for me, it's like, wow. And this was happening at the end of these baptisms. Right at the end of the last baptism, mm. when the last person got mm. submerged, and it's like going, wow, even that is not God showing me his love, his mercy, his wonderful, how he is the creator of the mm. universe. I'm going, well, how can I not see that? And yeah. so from that is what I will say, it cemented all my upbringing. Like when I saw this miracle, that's something that went, wow, fantastic. It is amazing, isn't it? And yeah. rainbows, uh, I remember sharing with or talking with Peter earlier on about his, uh, Peter Watts, uh, he does our Tuesday programs at the moment, and he shared that a rainbow had a major impact on him wow. when it came to his um, 
coming to a, a firm belief that God did exist. You know? It's amazing, you know, yeah. like how something so small in nature that sometimes we take it for granted can mm. make such a big impact in people's lives. So, mm. and it was for me. But it, interesting that the rainbow is um, given to us in Scripture as a sign to remember. Yeah. Um, that that. God is going to hold true to his promise. Promise, exactly. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, and so in your growing up, um, after that experience, you had uh, other, you know, as a young boy, I imagine you had many friends and things in the church. And Look, uh, for me growing up in the church, what helped me more, like once I got to affirm my what I, my beliefs through this rainbow, it was my family, my friends, my teachers. They all helped me to grow as a Christian and to cement my, what I say, my religion, my belief in God, my Christianity, and my love for God. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you had a particular experience um, during that time of a, a friend who passed away, is that right? Oh, yeah, well, I can share that one. You know, there was a lot of things that uh, in my life that discouraged me. And, for example, there was an, a situation that uh, made me step back from church altogether while I was young because I saw that uh, our church was more worried about the do's and don'ts rather than the love and grace of God for all the people where we were so worried about the things that we have to do in church and to have the great appearance on the church rather than, hey, how we affecting the life of the person that is coming into church, how we can reach people out. And that discouraged me quite a bit. But again, it was the people within the same church that actually encouraged me back mm. and say, well, no, we need to keep growing. And then, yeah, we grew very well. And there's something that is a text in the Bible that always comes back to me. Is Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1 says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Mm. For me, that's a beautiful text that throughout my youth, every time that I thought, oh, you know what, I can just step out and give it a break to the church because, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that. I've gone, you know what? This is the time that I have energy. <laughs> mm. Mm. This is the time that I don't have sore bones, that, you know, I can run around, I can do things for God. And it's always giving me this push that, you know, I will say 60 isn't the new, yeah, still, you're still young. If you're 60, you're still young. Even 70, you're still young. If you still have energy, you still have a desire to help God, then you're still young to commit to God, to do things for God and further His uh, His cause to reach other people around the world. It reminds me of our previous president, Pastor Gary Webster, who used to do a program with me here last year. And uh, he was not young in our um, in the way we would say a young person, yep. but he still had the energy of a young person. He always amazed me as to his enthusiasm and his energy and his um, his vitality of life. It was amazing. He was a, an inspiration to me, you know. So, but remembering that while we're young and while we can still do things, we should take that time and that opportunity to to serve God in in remember God and remember what He's got for us. Exactly. I think He's you know God, God Jesus 
ask us for one thing before he ascend to heaven, and it's to go and make more disciples mm. of other people. Mm. Now, if he, that's the one thing that he asks for us to do. It's, so for me, it's important. It yeah. is, you know, we have to put it on the very high places in in the things that we want to do. Mm. And as a young person, that should be our priority. Yeah. So you shared earlier that um, you uh, are helping to look after a church down here, uh, and you're doing some chaplaincy. How did you come to get involved in ministry? Well, look, I have to attribute that to. Pastor Paul Golds, he in Western Australia. We were part of a large church over there, and I was very involved, like run, doing music, doing becoming an elder, doing lots of things around the church. Always busy in church because we loved it. With my wife, we loved church, and but he needed somebody to help in the teens as the quarantine people wanted to have a break. The people were looking after the teens of our church. And they couldn't find anybody. And to cut the story short, that he he came up. It was the beginning of the year. They couldn't find anyone, and he kept asking me. He asked me for around about four months in a row, me and my wife, to do this ministry. And we said, "Okay, we will do it until you find someone." Because if you if you were to ask me, what is the one ministry that you don't like is. I hate kids. I don't want to work with kids. <laughs> no, no, young people are the worst. That's that was my approach. That that was where you were at at that That's time. That's where I, I was at that time. <laughs> and Paul Paul Golds, the pastor Paul Golds, he said to me, "Oh, give it a shot. You never know what how you can serve God." So we we did. With my wife, we got in. We started with nineteen kids, and. Three four years later, we had run about 50 kids attending our team that were between 13 and 16. And that gave me the biggest joy in the world. That's amazing. Yeah. I could not believe. So my perspective changed 100%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that gave me the biggest blessing. And that was actually got me into ministry. That's fantastic. We're going to come back after the break and talk a little bit more um, about your Uh, journey into ministry but uh, just a reminder we've got a free offer coming up it's actually a dvd today called hacksaw ridge and we'll tell you a bit more about it but also our question for today did you grow up in a christian home or a church environment what do you value from your upbringing we'd love to hear from you today text us in on 0488880891 this is called me higher by all sons and daughters I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. And I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something From the inside And I could be so 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Billy Martinez on our series Connecting the Dots and Billy's been sharing about his journey into I guess full-time ministry now isn't it Um, and uh, how that happened and your journey from Chile over to Australia and you were telling us just before the break that uh, really the thing that cemented it for you was spending time with these young people and and growing this uh, group of people from 19 to 49 people and that gave you so much joy. Look, is when you see the actual change of the young teens to have a 
been raised as Christians and then gone, oh yeah, that's the belief of my parents mm. to become, no, you know what? This is what I believe. This is what I, what I desire in my life. That mm. really cemented me. And you know, we, with my wife, we used to run a business together, a music business. And it was a decision because we could see the impacts on the people that we were doing. Then we go, well, why are we doing this? We loved, like, we love engaging with people while we continue doing something for that is just enriching our lives. Let's do something that is meaningful for God. And we really, we made the decision with lots of prayer <laughs> to go into full-time ministry. And it's been a... And so that required some study? Oh, yeah, it's a rocky journey. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not easy. Um, going back to study or oh, full-time after being... Oh, probably oh, 18 years or so outside of a study. It's yeah. like, oh, the brain doesn't work the same way yeah. that it used to. <laughs> yeah. So, you yeah. know, I find it very challenging. Like things that used to take two minutes to learn probably will take 10, 20 minutes to learn now. <laughs> so what what kept you going through that? Because I imagine it would have been challenging. And uh, what, what kept you motivated? What kept you going? I have to say family. Family is always a good motivator when you see people that believe in you and they go, you know what, now this is the right decision. But also uh, seeing the change on those kids' lives, that we were doing a meaningful changes in their lives. And the other thing I will say, it actually helped me to grow my relationship with God while I was studying. You know, when you're studying every day the Bible, when you actually... Uh, going deep into the Bible to find answers to, for certain things or when you want to go, oh, you know what? No, I don't think that that's correct. And you're trying to put your point across. You actually go deeper, deeper in the Bible. And I think that makes me make me grow up a stronger relationship with God as well. I think um, whenever we spend time in the Word, we yeah. benefit from that, eh? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It is. So... Um, in terms of your study and now your uh, working here, and this is your first um, time working in full-time ministry? Is it right? is the first time full-time ministry. Yeah, this, where this year. I, uh, yeah. This year. Yeah. 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 So what have you gained most out of um, this experience of going through that study? Um, you, you've, you've shared what sort of kept you going, but what sort of things... Um, do you benefit from personally and, and what, what have you gained out of it? Look, my personal growth in Christ, I that's for sure, but also how to minister to different people around the place. We were <coughs> we were in remote WA last year. We were thought that we were going to be around for two years. Uh, rather than going around Australia, we decided to go and do a working holiday somewhere else with my wife. And we were the closest church uh, to us was 470 kilometers away. And we th- said, well, how are we going to minister to people here? Well, what, what are we doing in here? We cannot reach anyone. And we figured out that the backpackers, the people that, you know, there was um, close to 80 backpackers that grow and that work on that resort. And we went, well, how are we going to minister to them? It has and, to be a better way. Yeah, because you know? backpackers come and go, so you don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time. And so mm-hmm. how we can reach these people? And what we did, uh, we figured it out that one day there was this uh, young group of backpackers that were from Argentina and Brazil, <laughs> maybe if they're listening, they capsized 
uh, their little boat when they went out in waters that they shouldn't have been going in the first place. Was it like, like a rowboat, a dinghy? No, or? a little dinghy with that little, uh, um, I think I would say a two or three horsepower engine. Motor on the back, yeah. And okay. they went out into the bay in there in Monkey Maya and they capsized this little boat. Mm. And uh, when they capsized the boat, it was in the middle of the night and for some miraculously event that God permitted, they all survived. And they had to, there was one girl, there was two people that didn't know how to swim, and this girl that was really tall managed to be standing in, way, in places, it was obviously extremely low tide, and she managed to walk them all the way two kilometers towards shore. And when they got there, they didn't want to get in trouble with the police or anyone, so they didn't know what to do, and they came to our house. And that's why we went, you know what? Why they came to our house? So they came to our house, they knocked on the door, and they were crying, and they were cold, my wife prepared some hot drinks, got blankets, and stuff like that. And we go, wow, this creating relationship is probably what God wants us to be here. And so we started to uh, eat with people either every Friday or every Saturday, depends what is what's happening around the place, if we were around or not. And every Friday or Saturday, we will have people over in our house, and we will just have a meal. Mm. And when we used to do that, we will say, look, we're Christians, we're going to pray. Do you mind if we pray before we eat food? And everybody will say, yes, no problem. And there was meaningful changes on people's lives. Just by the little conversations, there was a young boy that said to us, it's like, uh, if we finished praying, and he, you could see he was crying. I'm going, oh, what's going on? And he said, to, he said to my wife, it's like, this is the first time that anybody has prayed for me. I cannot explain it. I feel different, but I don't know what this means. Mm. But it's like, that's thank powerful, you. That's powerful, isn't it? Power of God. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's powerful. And, you know, it, I think I can get a glimpse of how he might have felt, is that when I read that passage in Scripture, I think it's in John chapter 15 or 16, where Jesus prayed for his disciples, and then, it's, then he prayed for future believers. When I read that, I feel like Jesus prayed for me, you know, because I'm a believer. And it, it, the, there's some power in that when somebody prays for you, even even if you're, um, you know, not entirely sure. You know, when people are sick, uh, we often ask, uh, I, I normally ask if uh, they would like somebody to pray for them. And yeah. I've never had somebody say no. Well, that's it. And, <laughs> you know, that one small gesture we didn't think anything about it like we didn't even premeditate oh do we need to pray for them it's like my we did i think it was my wife just pray oh you know pray for the young people in this table and and she went through every single name in there and this person says you know what i nobody has ever prayed for me and i just is very touching and he couldn't explain it and he was crying physically crying mm -hmm. and i just go well if that's not the power of the holy spirit acting in somebody's life mm. what is mm. and for me that's what it brings to me that you know something that is in Corinthians 1 Corinthians 9.22 where it says to the weak I became weak to, the, to, win, to win the weak I became all things to all people so that by all people so that I'm, by all possible yeah, means by possible <laughs> means sorry I cannot even read right? <laughs> by all possible means I made save some yeah. so Look, is becoming what other people need at that time mm. is what Paul is trying to say here. You know, 
if that means becoming a friend, is becoming a friend, is becoming a preacher, becoming a preacher. You know, there's all sorts of ways that we can inter- interact with people in our lives, mm-hmm. in our work or whatever. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's time for another break. We've got our free offer today, and it's actually a DVD today. It's called Hacksaw Ridge. I've seen this movie. It's a fantastic movie. It's a story of faith. and uh, It's not for the faint-hearted, It's though. not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> it's certainly not for young children. Um, it's a story about uh, Desmond Doss, who basically went to war without a gun and uh, refused to use a weapon. But he saved many lives. He went as a medic. And uh, why, why did you uh, pick this book out today, or this uh, DVD, should I say? Uh, because we're talking about, you know, to minister to people in many different ways, mm. you know. Uh, and, and he did it in the middle of a war, war scenario. Exactly. Many he, people. He ministered just by being him, mm. by knowing, caring for other uh, other people, while he was in war, he was a medic. Mm. And, you know, how a person like that can change people's lives, it amazes me. Mm. And how we can do the same thing by doing little things. Sometimes we don't even realize the things that we do. Mm. And it just changes people's lives. Absolutely. This is uh, What Love Really Means by J.J. Heller. We'll give you the code straight after the break for the DVD offer. He cries in the corner where nobody sees He's the kid with the story no one would believe He prays every night Dear God, won't you please Could you send someone here who will love me? Who will
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And before the break, we did talk about our free offer today. It's a DVD called Hacksaw Ridge. And uh, we'd love to give you a copy of this today. We have only three copies to give away. So the first three in with the correct code, which is connect28, connect28, no spaces. Text that into 0488880891. First three in, we'll get a free copy of this uh, DVD called Hacksaw Ridge. Now, uh, Billy... Have you felt that uh, you have had this calling on your life for a long time? Yeah, well, that calling was was from a young, young boy. Mm. And I always said to God, no, I know better. I'm better than what you know. So I will do whatever I want. I want to be successful. I want this in my life. I want, I want, I want. Mm. And it wasn't until I started seeing the change on these young people that I've gone, you know what? It's not about what I want, but of what God wants from me. Mm. And I decided to finally listen to God and go, you know what? I, I do whatever you want me to do. Like you know, what it says in Matthew 4.19, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So, you know, send you out to fish for people. It's like, that's what I want you to do. And I could hear that voice calling me since I was a young boy mm. but I knew better than God mm. I knew I was so I, I I knew it all but you know what you learn <laughs> that God keeps insisting and keep, keep tapping you on the shoulder until you actually listen keep, keeps to knocking on the door no you don't know yeah. better I know better <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so to the listeners out there listen to God's voice listen <laughs> so do you think everyone has sort of a calling you know every believer do you think we all have a particular calling to to serve god in a particular way look we all have a calling in anything that we do it could be in a workshop it could be driving a bus it could be as a preacher everybody has a way that god wants us to minister to people now what that is as I said, I never wanted to work with kids. Mm. And I ended up having the best time of my life with teenage kids. Mm. God knows you better than you know yourself. And it's amazing how there is a calling for everybody that wants to follow God and to trust Him. And to say, you know, God, I want you to do what you want with my life. Uh, as, as I read it before in Corinthians, but I made a, a big mess of it. That it was again. Yeah. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I may save some. God is asking us to become what we need to become, what He wants us to become, so we can gain different people in our lives to God. Have you got any ideas or thoughts uh, that we can share with people? Because I know many people say, but how do I know what my calling is? How do I know what my purpose is? You know, I I want to serve God, but I don't know what it is he wants me to do. Keep listening to God through prayer. Keep studying the Word. The Word of God is so powerful that once you get more knowledge, the way that you 
communicate to other people will be easier because you will know oh I read this passage on the Bible and so and so and this oh it's, it talked to me on this part of my life maybe it will talk to you as well so if you actually get to read the Bible study it and not just read the Bible from cover to cover actually find out what it means what is the whole what the whole Bible is actually telling because the whole Bible is telling one single thing that Jesus loves you mm. that God is a God of love and if we get that message and we can communicate, the whole, the rest of the Bible is for there to communicate in that one single message that God loves us. He is the creator and he wants us to be with him in heaven. Mm. And man, that's just such a beautiful message. Mm. It's just simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate it, but it's very mm. simple. I, I find it very encouraging to know that, um, you know, the last words that Jesus said was go and make disciples, baptize them. It's a it's a command that, you know, every believer, um, not every believer is going to be a pastor, not every no. believer is going to be a Billy Graham <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or a Billy Martinez, but but every person has a role to play in the in the in the church, in the ministry of God and, and the purpose of, of uh, the, the church is to reach people in different areas and different um, uh, different uh, parts of life and the world and what have you and I find that really encouraging that that I know that God has something for me to do and look sometimes we always get a stack oh I need to share this Bible verse with somebody but you know what if you help somebody mm. you help a neighbour that is fixing up the car and they don't know how to do it, you go and help them out you mowing go their lawns mowing their lawns yeah. you help people mm. you when somebody breaks up with their in the relationship you, you're there not to criticize what they broke up but just to be there for that person mm. they feel the love that you give them mm. and you're being a true witness of the love of Christ for mm. them so that will be my my message that is be genuine love each other and share the love of God with others. Mm. In whatever way God puts upon your heart. Now, just as we go out, Billy, we've got about uh, a minute or so. I'm going to ask you a question. This program is called Tazzy Encounters. You've been here for nine months, and I haven't prepared you for this question, so hopefully you can <laughs> you can answer it. I oh, know we run out of time. No. <laughs> <laughs> What has been the most memorable thing that you've experienced in Tasmania? A place that you've been to or something that you've done here? Share, share with our listeners something that uh, has stood out to you as being special about your time in Tassie so far. So far, the nature in Tasmania is awesome. That's one of the things. My boys will say to you straight away, the snow, number one, it was just awesome. We we spent a few days on the snow with my ne- boys. Never had snow over in Western Australia. No, there. well, we get a little dusting in one of the hills, but yeah. that's about it. So, it's, But it's not snow that you can throw at each other and we've had enjoy a few, it. We've had a few good dumps this year in Tassie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that one. And I will say more than likely that is just the people. People have been so welcoming and so lovely to us in here. So, yeah, that's the two things. That's good. Well, I, I think Tassie is a, a beautiful place to be and it's a great place to have family as well because it's, you know, it's not a big city down here in Hobart. No. 
Um, lots of countryside and nature to uh, experience, so it's fantastic. Billy, I hope to get you back again in the future, and I know you've got more to share in different ways and means, and uh, I will get you back in in some weeks' time. So I look forward to having you join our Connecting the Dots program Thank you very much. again in not too long, and I really appreciate you coming in today and doing this program with us. Now, do remember our offer for today, Hacksaw Ridge. If uh, we still have some copies left, text in CONNECT28, that's CONNECT28, with no spaces, text that into 0488-880891 to claim your free offer for that today. Um, and, uh, Billy, just tell us, uh, where are you going to be speaking next do you do some preaching around I do some Tasmania? preaching in Margate, yeah, Margate Church. Uh, so if you want to join us in Margate, it's an awesome church. They're, people are very lovely. You get to know a few people in there. So thank oh, you very much for having awesome. me. Have a great day. This is Ellie Holcomb with Red Sea Road. We buried dreams, laid them deep into the earth behind us, said our goodbyes. The grave, but everything reminds us. God knows we ache when He asks us to go on. How do we go? On? 